You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Maximizer Mineral is top grade, top shelf, top notch. Read your seed tags. Even though it's not a seed, you can read the tag. Read the back of the bag. Check it out. Compare the differences. It's not all about salt content. Uh, if you go to the doctor, and I, I, I'm sure that I'm, everybody on here has been told, hey, you don't need to be eating any more salt. It's not doing anything for you. Well, it's the same way with the mineral, man. Actually, you want real minerals, not just one. Too much salt, bad, bad thing. So, man, that was super simple right there. I love it. Sure was. Just like the product. It's simple, but it's effective. Throw out some Maximizer Mineral. Head out to www.realworldwildlifeproducts.com and identify a dealer near you if you want to feed something out to your deer herd that actually makes a difference. Check it out. That's what I call pro talk. When you really don't know the answer, you just make it up. My rut is that I am in a rut. To get the pilot of Red Arrow going. There's really a way to skip class. I want to say, hey, those boys right there are entertaining. There you go. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said on this podcast. Alex Rutledge here with American Roots Outdoors TV. Hey, this is Lee and Tiffany Lukowski from the Crest TV. Hi, I'm Don Higgins. This is Jeff Lindsay. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Dury with Dury Outdoors. Hey, this is Craig Fitz of Train Assassins TV. You're listening to Dave and JP on Pro Talk Outdoors, the craziest two I know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pro Talk Outdoors. JP and Dave bringing it to you from the studio for the first time in a little bit. Uh, it's been a wild and woolly winter, and, uh, man, I feel like I get the fishing fever Earlier and earlier every year, uh, it used to be mid-February. It would hit me really bad, kind of like when the, the Bassmaster Classic used to air. Uh, and then it started getting earlier, you know, around my birthday, and then it was January, and now I feel like it's December every year. Actually, I, I kind of feel like it never left for me. I mean... That's fair. Uh, it was... Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, we are get, we get a little uh, obsessive about deer season when it's in, but my gosh, I'm ready to I'm ready to go fishing, man. And I don't care if it's on hard water or, or, or clear open water. I, I'd go ice fishing right now if we had the ice. We just... Uh, we're stuck in that, that pathetic time that we have <laughs> here in Indiana and southern part of the state where we don't have enough ice and we don't have enough open water. And we just need some freaking help with the weather. Come on now. I think pathetic is the best way I've ever heard it termed, uh, coined, if you will. I, I wish I had thought of that because you couldn't be more right. It is pathetic because right now there's a lot of people in Alabama that are fixing to throw that rattle trap till their rattle trap elbow falls off. I mean, Gunnersville's about to blow up with people ripping rattle traps out of hydrilla. Um, you know, I mean, in Florida, I know they're catching hogs right now. Our buddy Wyatt's probably going to take off for Florida at any point. Oh yeah, guarantee it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 time. And man, we're we just feel so far away. It was 19 degrees, I think, this morning. It's supposed to snow two inches tonight, but it's going to be warm enough during the day that we don't get enough ice. You hit the nail on the head. Yep, we uh, you know, so we either we either got to go south, far enough south, where we can get into uh, 
to a good largemouth bite or we got to go north and find some ice and I don't know man it, it just it, it's a rough time it's a rough time for us that's okay we've got some good fishing news to talk about uh, pretty much everybody has been in a Bass Pro shop if you haven't shame on you I'm all for shopping local uh, I've got a buddy of mine named Jeremy Case who runs a, a local bait shop uh, A2O they do a tremendous job I love that place. I buy as much as I possibly can from Jeremy. But, you know, Bass Pro Shop carries darn near everything. Uh, Johnny Morris has built an empire in the outdoor industry via retail. Uh, there's there's different ways you can become an outdoor celebrity, personality, what whatever you want to call it. And Johnny Morris has done so based on acquisition, business acumen, and just carrying a lot of stuff, building a lot of stores. <laughs> carrying a lot of stuff. That's exactly the way to sum it up. I mean, uh, you know, they got Cabela's now. I think they took over they uh, own the Sportsman's second, Warehouse. They, I don't, they took over the second biggest and probably another of the top five biggest outdoor retailers, all within the last two, three years. Yep. But they're doing a lot of interesting things. And, you know, right at the top of the list, I, I think this is – it's one of those things I, I know it caught both your eye and my eye right away, but a lot of folks are like – what is going on with this million-dollar bass fishing tournament? And I'm I'm far from a guy that that supports, embraces, or encourages a monopoly of any kind. So I hope that first little segment didn't give you that impression. Uh, I just think it's worth noting what Johnny Morris has done. You can't really say you're not a monopoly kind of guy when you're a Yankees fan. That is not true. We sitting there a, sipping in your Yankee mug. Listen, listen. That's sharp, by the way. I just want you to know the Dodgers and the Red Sox both had a higher payroll for multiple years in a row. I didn't know that. I, yeah, I get so tired of the Red Sox uh, working class rhetoric when... Where the hell's the Reds at on that list? Uh, they're way down there. Yeah, I know. Way down there. Anyway, we digress. Uh, <laughs> I said all that just to say this, that, that Johnny Morris has earned his place in the industry 100%, whether you like uh, as well spread out as Bass Pro Shop is or not. But it's like you said, this $1 million bass tournament, um, but I, I tell you the, the, the highlight that I love the most, and it really fits with the mission we have here at Pro Talk Outdoors, is there's over $4 million in cash and prizes for anglers and a million plus for conservation. So that's really 20% of the money you have flying around as awards, if you will, is going back towards conservation. So say whatever you will about the business side of it or anything else, that everyone can appreciate that. Absolutely, you can you can get behind that a hundred percent. And I, man, I love. I know we're going to get in. We're going to talk about this in depth. I do love some things about it, but there's some things I'm kind of like, man, I don't, I don't care for it. And see, that's why we're it. here. Uh, I mean, this is Pro Talk Outdoors. I know we hang our hat on typically interviewing as many pros a, a year as what we possibly can. But but Pro Talk Outdoors also touches on professional things within the industry and, and this absolutely counts uh and for whatever our opinion is worth probably very little i'm very curious to hear some of your your thoughts on it but let's go down a couple of the bullet points a lot of folks aren't privy to the press release as much as what you and i are uh so i mean if you go through and you hit some of the highlights i mean it's basically focused on you know getting that amateur angler out there getting him more notice getting him opportunity is better I think the best way to say it, you know, it lets a guy like you and I or anybody else jump in a high-paying circuit. 
if you can fish well enough to make the money. Not not just high paying. I mean, this is the payout that is going to be involved with this tournament structure exceeds everything that's out there. I mean, there's not that much prize money in any of the other circuits. Oh, I know. Um, so it, it, one of the things I really love about it, it, it's a team tournament, okay? So uh, it's, you know, pick your, your buddy. In my case, you know, uh, it's pick my spouse. She's the one that told me we're fishing it. So, <laughs> but uh, That would have been you, me if you hadn't yeah, been married. Yeah, it, it would have been. Uh, but, you know, pick your partner and pick your event, uh, because there are eight qualifiers, you know, qualifying tournaments that uh, you can choose your location that you want to fish, and the top 40 at each location qualify for the finals in Table Rock Lake in November for a chance to win, win that million-dollar uh, first prize and over $4 million or estimated $4 million payout to those that qualify there, that's just – it's unreal, the uh, the opportunity there. And there, there's opportunity for junior anglers as well. So you, anybody junior angler that participates and and uh, does, you know, well enough, I guess, to, to get notice, I'm not exactly sure what the stipulations are. But there's a quarter-million-dollar scholarship going towards a junior angler to be used towards a conservation-related area of study. So, for example, I've been ate up with bass fishing my entire life. Between the ages of 11 and 18, I did a ton of bass fishing. I mean, probably more than anybody my age. I would have relished an opportunity to do this. And if I had won a quarter-million-dollar scholarship toward a conservation-related area of study, my collegiate major would have been completely different, not just because the money told me to, but because the opportunity is there. There's not... I feel like now the world is getting more oriented towards that conservation side, and something like this is just going to bring that more attention. And I and I really do love that. Uh, and, and they're even talking about customer loyalty, so there's going to be some boats thrown around there. I think you're going to have an opportunity for a tracker or a nitro, something along that line. Uh, and then the television coverage. How about that? NBC. That's a big deal. Heck, yeah, NBC. It's going to be national television coverage uh, of this final event. So, you know, do well. You become a household name. And they're they're kind of embracing a lot of their Missouri heritage. It's going to happen at Table Rock Lake. Uh, I, I don't really – I've not fished Table Rock. I know you, you haven't have either. It's, it's on the list somewhere. It's not probably in the top five, but that's a pretty big – Pretty well, big fishery. Yeah, you, you hear some really good things about it, and you got to think that in November and on Table Rock, that's going to be some deep water bites there. I mean, I don't, I don't anticipate that to be anything shallow, but there's that's a deep, deep body of water there, and uh, I can see some smallmouth coming really deep water there, and uh, it's probably going to take a pretty good bag to win that thing. Yeah, I, I have to think there's going to be some some lipless crankbait bite in there somewhere as well. Uh, hard to say, you know. I, I think when you look up and down the tournament list of locations, yeah. Let's let's look at that. Let's go, you know, location by location and and see what, what sure we got there. March thirteenth in Lake Okeechobee, Florida. That is in my top five of places I want to fish. I think uh, most of that lake is between eight and ten feet deep. I mean, it's a very unique fishery. It's heavily vegetated. Um, I mean, there's going to be ninety percent pitching and flipping bite. I have to think around that time. I mean, you're, you're going to get some guys that are catching them in, in six feet of water on, 
you know, some crankbaits as they move up. But but that's the thing when that that lake is just not that deep in the first place. The that transition bite is almost thrown out the window because you know there's not a whole lot of transition between ten feet and four feet. Yeah, it, there's not. I mean, and you know that's uh, you know we've had Roland Martin on the show, and and Roland talked. That's where he's basically, you know, his marina is at there on Okeechobee, and uh, that's his favorite thing to do is pitch that cover for uh, for those those huge, sometimes double-digit largemouth. So, I mean, the growing season is pra- it's 11 and a half months, if you will. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's almost year-round. Uh, then you hop into Lake Ray Roberts near Dallas in Texas, uh, April 17th. That is your full-on spawn bite. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to take uh, – they're hitting these locations at the right times, some of them. Now, some of these lakes are kind of – yeah, which we'll get to down on the list there a little bit, but – you know, the, these first couple few locations here, it's going to take some big sacks to win the event. It's going to take a huge sack. I, I, don't, I don't know Lake Ray Roberts at all. I, I, drove, I drove by it once. Okay. Good-looking body of water. So I, I know nothing about it. So the, my take here, take it for, for what you will, it's really only a two-cent take. April 17th in the state of Texas, and I know where Dallas is on a map, obviously, you're going to have to – I mean, this is going to be a, a massive bag. You're going to have multiple multiple fish, three, four pounds, or you're not even going to be in the conversation. I mean, I think you're going to have to have a six- or seven-pounder in your bag to win that. Oh, I, yeah, without a doubt. I would be shocked if it's anything less, unless there's some kind of crazy inclement weather that, that plays a, a factor in there. Hop out to Lake Mead in April in Nevada. I think that's going to be and a again, very similar situation. Talk about the history. I love the the play on history. Lake Mead, the site of the very first Bassmaster Classic. You know, I mean, that's that is just phenomenal that they're including that in this group. And then I, I'll tell you, right after that is something I don't understand. There's a gap from April 24th to July 17th. I know some of that is to maybe not pressure fish as much, but you're not fishing the same body of water. So why do you care? I, I, I don't know if it's because there are so many bass tournaments across the country held between the second and third week of April and the 4th of July that they're trying to avoid that kind of thing. I, I That's going to be one of the first questions we ask when we have a follow-up episode to this, uh, when we get somebody on the line as a guest, because I want to know why that gap is. I catch more fish personally between the third week of April and the end of June than any other time of year. The the only thing that I can I can think would come into play there is trying to avoid uh, somewhat of a spawning action in, in some of these bodies of water. And I don't know if that's the case at all. And again, it may be just trying to keep it more open because a lot of the folks that are going to be fishing this are the same ones that are fishing your, your IBF trails, you know, you're, you're which have a local. ton of tournaments in that time frame. Yeah, they do. So, I mean, maybe they're just trying to free it up, you know, so those dates are, you know, they're not taking too many dates up because they want they want good participation in this. And and I, I fully will expect every one of these events to be totally booked up. Interesting twist. And I don't know if I if you saw this, JP, or maybe I read it incorrectly, and we might need to dive in a little closer to this, but I think I saw where you can only fish one event prior you know one of these these prelims here one of the eight events to try to qualify for the finals i missed that but if that's the case why would you do that well you have to pick your spot why do you yeah okay i I think i think that's a that's a rule that's thrown in there is a almost like a caveat to avoid having the same 200 
225 teams. I think it's limited to, is it 400 boats per? Yes. Okay, so so try to avoid having the same 200 teams enter all these events. Maybe. Here, okay, so here here's here's another thing then. You 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 look at those two uh two dates in the middle of the count. I don't even really want to call it the middle. So you jump from April to July. You got Chesapeake Bay in July and then you've got St. Clair near Detroit on August 21st. Those are back-to-back smallmouth events. So it almost seems to me like in a way they are trying to appeal to every style, if you will. So everybody's got a chance. So, you know, these first three events. So that's your guys that do really well uh, pre-spawn and very first part of spawn. And then the guys July and August, those are your smallmouth guys based on those bodies of water. Right. Ch- Chesapeake Bay, I mean, that's that's a guy, Mike Iconelli would have tore that place apart, you know, catching smallmouth. Same thing here in Detroit. Okay, then September 11th, you jump down to Old Hickory in Nashville. That's for your junk fishermen. That's for your junk fishermen. <laughs> that's that's frog. Everything goes. Yeah, but that's Frog City as well. I mean, there's going to be a yeah. ton of top water run. I mean, they're going to be frogging the heck out of that. Okay, then you fall into Tulsa, Oklahoma in October, and Bull Shoals in Arkansas in November. Okay, so that's your fall feed up. You know, there's going to be a ton of square bill crankbaits. Yeah, it, it's it's nice how and and they hit every portion of the country. I mean, the the only place they go really far out west is Lake Mead, but then they're they're hitting the Oklahomas and things. But I do like the fact that uh, you know they're getting out on the East Coast. They're hitting Texas. They're hitting Tennessee. There's places in Arkansas as well as uh, f- finalizing it right there in Missouri. But I, I got to tell you, it, look at that list, and you tell me what event is Dave and Savannah going to be fishing? I already know the answer. That was a loaded question. I know the answer to it. You're fishing Old Hickory. No. You're not? No. I'm not okay. fishing oh, Old okay. Hickory. Okay, so let, let, me, let me retract that. I mean, I guess you guys are going in August to, to Lake St. Clair. Absolutely. I'm going to St. Clair, baby. I can't wait to run those Ned rigs down in that deep, clear water and just catch those big, fat smallmouth. I love the state of Michigan. Hell, if it wasn't so cold, I'd move there. <laughs> That's, I mean, that could, be a, that could be a winner for you. You guys really tore it up in Michigan last year when you guys went for your or your. Uh, Honeymoon. Yeah, so. well, that's the thing, you know. It, it's uh, Michigan's just a. It's full of great fisheries, and that oh, yeah. that body of water, I would expect, that's going to take a twenty-five pound bag of smallmouth. Absolutely. To be able to think about moving on. Absolutely. Well, I mean, okay. So look at the calendar here. The last chance qualifier they call it in Bull Shoals, Arkansas, is November seventeenth. The grand finale, the championship, is November nineteenth at Table Rock. Yeah. Can you imagine the the incredible momentum that somebody's going to have that qualifies from Bull Shoals? I'm going to go on a limb right now and say this. That guy's going to win. The that, winner that team, the winner of the entire thing is coming from the winner of Bull Shoals, Arkansas. I, I, I thought the same thing. Because, I mean, they're going to have such a leg up and advantage on that. They're going to be tuned in to what the fish are doing in that area. It, because longitude, latitude, you're not going to see much different conditions unless there's a major weather front that goes through right then. And as big deer hunters, we know that's possible. However... I think the winner's coming from whoever wins that. It, it would. I and would I'd put definitely a, give them a leg up on the competition. I'd, I would. I would put a twenty on it right now. Yeah, it. Uh, it it's likely. It, it's it's very likely. Um, 
But, you know, great. I, I like the structure and everything of the, of the tournament. I think the tournament's exciting. A lot of interesting things there. But there's some major drawbacks to this tournament. Major drawbacks. And number one, eliminate a guy like me. But I feel like it really sucks because if you don't have a boat that was manufactured by the Johnny Morris umbrella, Ranger, Triton, uh, Tracker, I don't even know what all they are. There's uh, Mako. There's there's a few different other brands as well. But uh, Nitro, if you don't have one of those brands of boats, in other words, if you have a Phoenix or Tahoe, yeah, uh, if, Sun Tracker, yeah, which I don't think you're going to go out there on your pontoon Sun, Sun Tracker, tracker but, but uh, you know, if 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 you have one of those other manufactured boats, you're not eligible for this tournament. I'm not eligible. No. Your your Lund is not eligible low. for this term. Your low is not eligible, or a Lund. You know, there's so many brands that are not eligible for this, and I I really. So that goes back to the monopoly thing. Yep, I don't I don't like it. That that part of it I I do not like. I love everything about the tournament. I like what it stands for, the conservation. I like the structure. Love the payout. I you know I I like everything about it. How it's hitting all across the country. But that is a major drawback in my opinion because it is 100 eliminating so many anglers for this opportunity well let's let's look at it this way um i mean i understand what you're trying to do cross promote all that kind of stuff from a business point but and and then then a lot of people hate the oh the 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 me too or the everybody gets a trophy kind of thing no so much of bass fishing is your ability to find fish you find fish better in your own boat and your own equipment far better than you could do it if you jumped in Kevin Van Dam's boat. You'd spend three hours trying to understand Kevin Van Dam's electronics. Not just that, JP. In the rules, it stipulates you have to be the owner on the registration and the title. I hadn't even gotten to that yet, but yes. You have to own one of Johnny Morris's boats. Yeah, you, you can't even go borrow your buddy's boat no. who you're not comfortable. I mean, A, you're running his equipment. If you flip it, do whatever. Oh, my gosh, it's your buddy's boat, you know, even yeah, if you survive or if you tear something up. Yeah, you can't even do that. So in in the title of this tournament structure, it's the, uh, I think, what is it called? The U.S. Open Amateur Team Tournament? It's anything but open. It is not an open. It is not a U.S. Open. It is a Johnny Morris Open qualifier. I mean, you got to have a, a a Bass Pro Johnny Morris umbrella boat to to participate. And I hope that the folks that listened to the first couple minutes hung around for this because I did that on purpose. Um, I set it up and gave Johnny Morris his due for the opportunity for us to. Be critical of what he's done here. And and this is constructive criticism. This is not we want to bash the man because I spend money at Bass Pro Shop every year. Oh, and I, I will and I will continue to do so. However, he can do better than this. That rule, um, as I, I it is one hundred percent self serving. There's no other way to describe that. I understand the way they've pitched it in the press release is uh, it rewards loyal customers. Listen, I don't know how much I've spent at a Bass Pro Shop in my life, but I, I would be embarrassed if I did know the total. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I am a loyal Johnny Morris customer, even though I'm more loyal to Jeremy Shop A2O because I know him now. But that's the only reason. You know, I want to support local, 
But does does Jeremy carry what Johnny Morris does? No, he doesn't. But what you're doing here is, uh, and you may need to censor this, but you're shitting where you eat. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's exactly what you're doing. And I, you know, look, I totally totally respect this having this type of tournament and having the kind of payouts they're having. But let, let's be honest about this here for a second. This entire thing is set up as a way to push the sales of Ranger, Bass Tracker, Nitro, Triton. Those yep. boats, I mean, and, and it's probably not going to be a huge spike, but listen, for those guys that are sitting at home right now and they got the okay from the wife or they don't have the wife and they can go spend whatever they want to spend and they're thinking i'm going to got i'm going to get a new bass boat this year you know it 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 could it could push the needle that direction you know I'll, if they want to participate in this type of tournament i'll take it a step further i'll say this if i wasn't building a house and if i wasn't taking on uh playing some softball some competitive softball this year for pr- probably the last time before i you know start a family, I would absolutely consider trading my low that I love for a Johnny Morris umbrella boat just to fish this and be pissed about it the whole time I was doing it. Now, I'm a tight ass. I would find a way to not lose money on it. I may end up with a lesser boat, but I wouldn't lose money on the deal. But I love bass fishing so much that if I wasn't building a house and and taking on this other thing already – I would have considered that, and there's um I bet there's a hundred and fifty, two hundred, five hundred guys out there that are thinking the same thing. You know what? I'm gonna miss that boat. It was the perfect boat for me, but if I'm ever gonna have a chance to fish on a big scale or make some money, maybe help my family, this is how I do it. Right. And I hate that he's put people in that position. Yep. Yeah. So that, that's uh. For all the kudos I I give uh, Bass Pro for setting up this type of tournament, man, that's one big ugly stain on it, in my opinion. And and you're talking, this is a guy that has a Ranger boat, so I mean, I'm I'm eligible, but at the same time, it excludes so many, and I don't, I'm not for exclusion at all. No, I, I don't. If you're gonna have the title of Open tournament u.s open amateur tournament i get excluding the pros i mean it's this is an amateur deal i'm 100 percent behind that but if it's truly an open amateur tournament you got to open it up if somebody wanted to go out there and fish off their dang john boat they should be able to do so what are you going to do next are you going to say well if you don't pull that thing in with a toyota tundra you can't fish lord have mercy you narrowed the field then yeah yeah that's a fact you know it's uh I, i i just have a fundamental problem with it I really do. Totally. For for anybody that's listened to this from Bass Pro Shops, you know, and and has any kind of uh, had any kind of decision making in this process at all, look. If you want to, I, I know the rules are set for this year, but if you want to continue this type of uh, uh, structure, put a bonus system on it. Put a that's put a, the if, answer. If you win and you're in a Johnny in, Morris yeah, boat, if you win and you're in a Ranger or Triton Nitro, if you win and you're in one of those, you're going to get a $50,000 bonus in addition to your other winnings. You, you know, can something sell like that. it and get you a better and, one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm behind that 110%. Promote your product, but at the same time, do not call this an open if it ain't really open. 
I don't I don't know that we can speak on any more of this any better <laughs> than what we just did. Uh, I'm rooting like hell for somebody from from the podunk state of Indiana to win this thing. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think somebody in that Missouri Arkansas area that knows those lakes that that are especially towards the later part of the season really well is are, are just going to do well. I'll tell you a guy that if he wasn't a professional angler, Chad Morgan Taylor would be a threat in this oh, yeah. from the region that he's in. And I'll tell you, anybody that's planning on fishing this should probably give him a call. Can't do that. It's in the rules. I missed that one, but I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, it's in the rules. No communication. You think yeah. anybody's going to follow that, Dave? No, I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. You know, if anybody wants to send me a text message or uh, any advice on any certain holes to hit up there at St. Clair, my wife and I will be taking a little trip up there in August just to just to fish and see if we can do any good. We'd like to know some honey holes. That's dirty. No, it ain't. That's fishing. <laughs> I think we've uh, we've hit this one and and discussed it really to the the extent it needs. Um, you know, I I think we can finish with this. Obviously, this is not a bash of Johnny Morris and, and the Bass Pro Shop brand. This is a uh, constructive criticism of a way you can you can make this better. I think he's headed a wonderful direction. I think the fishing community needs this circuit, but they need it tuned to where it is for. The Everyday Angler. The second bullet point on the press release email we received for the Everyday Angler, except for those days that you run a boat that isn't made here, or this <laughs> stipulation, this stipulation, and this stipulation. You're off to a great start, Johnny. Uh, you you can do it, man. I hope the guy that wins it, though, runs him a Sun Tracker pontoon. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, put him in in something off the wall like that, like a Sun Tracker or what what's the other uh what's the other brand that's not even a bass boat that's listed there? Tahoe. Yeah, give, give him a Tahoe. Yeah, running in a Tahoe. Or pulling a skier behind him. Or put him in a uh 16-foot tracker with uh you know nothing but a handheld till on the back. I'd like to see that one as well. Oh, I've never caught a fish going 70 miles an hour, so, you know, it ain't really the <laughs> speed your boat goes. Anyway, until next time, hook em or hunt em. Pro Talk Outdoors. Later, guys. Later, guys.